As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Hey everyone, welcome back, welcome back. If y'all missed it, we have been doing a burnout series and this is the part three. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, make sure that you play those back. In the first part, we talk about what's been going on with us, kind of a bit of an update, what has led to the burnout that we're currently experiencing. And then in the second part, we talk about some structural reasons for burnout and also talk about our experience with burnout as millennials, because there are certain unique things that I think impact millennials when it comes to this. And then we have today, which we're going to be talking about social media and how it plays into everything that we're talking about. Yes. But before we jump in and talk all about social media and burnout, we have to do what we always do in every episode and read a listener review. So this is from Neat81 and they write, great wellness content. Since learning about this podcast from Wendy and Jess being guests on another podcast I listened to, I have been all in. I love that the content is not only about nutrition, but also other areas that can impact wellness. I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you so much, Neat81, for that review. If you have not already, make sure to head over to iTunes, leave us a review if you have time. If not, just five stars will do. And make sure that you share this podcast with a friend who you feel like could benefit from our inclusive and accessible wellness message. Now, with that, let's jump into talking about this week's topic. And as Wendy mentioned, we're going to go into social media and burnout. I feel like I could write a dissertation on this. (laughs) (laughs) Can you? Um, So what prompted this episode? Well, this whole kind of burnout with social media. I mean, you guys, if you have listened to this podcast, you've heard me say I don't really like social media that much. Back in the day, it was fun. And now it's just changed so much. And I was listening to this podcast episode by Emma Chamberlain. She had a series that was about just like, is a culture shift coming? And for those of you who don't know who Emma Chamberlain is, because I didn't know somebody had sent me the episode. She is a YouTuber and podcaster and she kind of blew up. She's young though. I think she's like 22, but she did this three-part series just about like, social media and our influencers over like is this all over and when I listened to this podcast episode I felt so seen (laughs) and I sent this to all my friends I posted it on my private Instagram account and I was just like this is exactly how I've been feeling so one thing that I have noticed with social media 
is that it definitely changed during the pandemic. I was somebody who did not like hop on the TikTok train. I'm still not really on TikTok. Like we just started a Food Heaven TikTok account that we kind of just like repurpose our Facebook content and repurpose our Instagram content and put it on there. But I feel like during the pandemic thing, like with TikTok, things just completely changed. I think the main thing is it feels like an oversaturation of content. There's just like so much of everything in every category. And it feels like I'm just being simulated in all the wrong ways. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. it's like, At the core of it, a lot of this stuff is really good. I'm like, oh, my God, some of these cooking videos, some of the mental health stuff, some of like the home stuff. But then like because it's so much of it and you can't really control it because especially with Instagram and even with TikTok, like we don't really follow many people, but they're always throwing in random posts from other accounts. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of like mentally sucks you in. And so something that would have been inspiring or enjoyable turns into like a stressful thing because I'm like literally my brain is hopping around about you know like here's 101 ways to like uh escape burnout for example and it's making me more burned out because it's just (laughs) like it's too much information so for me that's been like the main thing that I don't like yeah And then also, like, I guess having which we've spoken about, just like having a wellness platform and being dietitians, something else that is very problematic is like the rise of all of these pseudo experts in the wellness space. And that kind of translates into every space, too, in the finance Mm -hmm. space, in the mental health space. It's like people that have no credentials and they have these like big platforms where they're giving out information that a lot of times is irresponsible. And so, you know, I feel like that is shifting society in a way too. This week's podcast partner is Lexus. Yes, the luxury car brand. You heard that right. I have loved their cars for forever, but my favorite thing about them is that they never stop innovating. The Lexus RX is the best-selling luxury crossover of all time and the best-selling luxury vehicle every year since it was first introduced. Lexus has never mistaken being ahead with being at the finish line, so they've reimagined every aspect of the RX. So thoroughly redesigned, 2023RX features hard-pounding design, intelligent technology, and courageous performance. The model year 2023RX has a ton of new features that allow you and your car to work together. For example, they have a pre-collision system that can slow the car when it detects a pedestrian in its path, which is amazing because it's an added safety feature that's especially useful in busy cities like New York, where people are just randomly crossing the street (laughs) and sometimes you can't see them. Or it's also useful when you're like backing out of parking lots or driving on a busy street. It also includes the first ever RX 5HF sport performance hybrid that ups the ante on RX performance. The reimagined Lexus RX makes it so clear that Lexus has really listened to what drivers want and delivered. Just like the RX, its drivers are people who don't rest on their laurels and are always striving to up their game. The Lexus RX is the perfect vehicle for people who want to venture beyond the expected route and never lose their edge. Never lose your edge with the all-new Lexus RX. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
I agree with everything you said and also feel like TikTok made everybody, it feels like an influencer, quote, influencer overnight. Everyone's an influencer. Everybody has a huge platform. Everybody is an expert. And I'm not trying to knock lived experience because I think that is important, but you know, the courses and it's just like a kind of rabbit hole Ponzi scheme where it's like you are <laughs> like, I can't even think of anything because it's just like literally everything, you know, like, oh, you know how to train a dog. Like you got your dog to, <laughs> to do okay with separation anxiety. Like now you're an expert. Now you're doing a course on that. And it's like, wait a minute, like, aren't there actual people who like read the research studies and who get a license or a certificate in these things that kind of make them qualified. It's just like everybody kind of overnight is qualified and it's just too much. And I say that as somebody who I guess we are technically like influencers. And also that was never an aspiration. Like when we were dietitians or even like growing up, like there was no such thing as an influencer. That's just something that kind of seems to have happened in the last, what, like five, six, 10 years. And I feel like now there is a generation of people like younger folks where that is their job aspirations, which I can understand why, because you see these people like Emma Chamberlain, who, you know, they're making so much money from their platforms or you see people like, what's that girl call her daddy, the call her daddy podcast where she got like, I can't remember if it was like 50 or $60 million, like a podcast Spotify deal. But I feel like that is kind of like trying to become a part of the NBA, like your chances of getting a 50 or $60 million podcast deal are one in a trillion. And so, but I feel like we have these people where they're like hyper visible and it seems like, Oh, I'm just like 600,000 posts away from, or not 600, whatever. Like I'm one post away from like going viral and, you know, making it big and becoming the next Charlie D'Amelio. You know who that is, Wendy? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> She's the most popular girl on TikTok. Oh, okay. No idea. Yeah. And I just, it just feels like, ugh. Yeah. And also the people who are rising to the top, for the most part, fit within a certain like beauty standard that's yes. very much tied to whiteness. So that is like also one of the big issues that I have with all of this. It's like it's not like work hard, play hard, get your followers and whatever. But it's like who is rising to the top and why? And also like something that I've noticed is like everyone is now an entrepreneur. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I don't knock entrepreneurship at all I personally don't consider myself an entrepreneur I consider myself like a small business owner I'm not in the business of creating businesses and businesses <laughs> it's not my thing I you know I feel like there are people who have that strength and and definitely have you know like that's pretty much I feel like for entrepreneurs they live and breathe business and it's like their life centers around that whereas like that's not really the case for me I, I'm more so have like an entrepreneurial spirit. But I've noticed that like this push for entrepreneurship online has been 
so big with social media and it's like everyone is you know having an online business everyone is doing this and that and you know i hopefully we don't sound like haters perhaps we right. do but we do and we are hating <laughs> <laughs> i mean that is a definition of it's just frustrating because it's like you know there are so many people who have put in so much work and especially like people who work in spaces where being credentialed is useful, important. And for, you know, a number of reasons, they're not getting the visibility that they deserve. It's, it's mm -hmm. very frustrating. And also I think it's kind of scammy, like with the entrepreneurship, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it's, what are those things called? Like when you have like uh <laughs> especially with the PPP program, how like people mm -hmm. were just making up these fake businesses and then like yeah. investigators were like knocking on doors and it was like their house or something. So I feel like there's like all these like pseudo businesses that look great online. But once you actually start looking at the behind the scenes, it's like, is this actually a legit business? And that's where I, I think it gets kind of scammy because like there's a lot of people out here like selling a whole lot of nothing. It's like selling a whole yeah. lot of scams. Right. Selling a hope and a dream. Yeah. And I get why it sells, though, because just in general, it's harder. Like we said, for our generation in the last episode, it is so much harder to, quote, make it or to get ahead. And so I get why if you have someone who's saying, like, I did this and I'm making all this money, like, even I'm like, oh, I got to do this or I got to yeah. get on the drop shipping or, you know, like <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> I want to be clear, too. Like we're talking about sketchy businesses, like because I, I feel like there's so many good things about yeah. social media. But what happens is that when it goes left and like I said, like it's like on steroids now, it's just all of those good things kind of diminish. Like, for example, for small business owners or even large businesses, like social media is such a great way to get the word out. Like, you know, if you have like creative endeavors, you make jewelry, you make candles, you actually offer a valuable service. Um, it's a great way to market yourself as a business. But what I'm more so referring to is, you know, these like selling concepts, selling ideas, selling dreams that are misleading, that are manipulative. And there's a lot of that masked as entrepreneurship right now online. Yeah, it's predatory. And I was listening to a person who is very popular talk about her course to help you create a course. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And I was just like, I don't know why, because I kept getting the ads, like ads over and over and over. And so finally, I was like, let me watch this webinar. And she was literally telling people to, because I think her course, I can't remember how much it was. It was definitely at least $1,000. But she was telling people to like put it on credit or to like sell like whatever from your house, like put some stuff on Craigslist to sell or like to like, I just felt like that was so unethical and so shady. Like, what are you talking about? Like somebody is going to put on their credit card and get into one to 3000. I can't remember the number dollars worth of debt in order to take your course, which really like for most of these people, your only qualifications are kind of like 
scamming people like through your course. Like you don't have a business before the course for many of these people. Yeah. The business is the course. And so it's like, well, what are you really teaching? And I feel like, like you're saying, you're kind of teaching manipulation. So it's a lot of that running rampant. Don't even get me started on the Airbnb bros. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was just chatting with Jess about this. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode. Mm. And yes, we know um, we have an Airbnb. We each have one. So we are part of the problem. However, I don't think I'm part of the problem at all. Well, okay. here's my thoughts on it. I think people just get greedy. And I feel like greed is the American way. Like greed is good. And (laughs) that's why even for for my Airbnb and Joshua Tree, when people are like, oh, I want to you know, do a consult to figure out how to build one in Joshua Tree. And I'm just like, now that I know more and I see like how many people are building them and how it's like actually not really like great for the local community. I'm just like, I can't contribute to helping people do this. Like, because people are like, oh, you should do a course. You should do this. I'm like, actually, like I ethically don't really want to do that. And I would never have more than one, probably period, but especially in one city. But the problem for me is when people are like, okay, I have one. Now I'm going to do two. Now I'm going to do three. Okay. Now I'm going to do 21. My goal now is to do 1200 in a year. And it's like, what? Yeah. People are really, we know someone who's doing this. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, cause I feel like people ultimately like everyone uses Airbnb. There's a demand for it and people yeah. want places to stay that aren't hotels. So, you know, I, I try to like look at both sides of it and, and try to go about it in an ethical way. And so I think the big issue is really the displacement of people in certain places. And I do think that like some places are more at risk for getting displaced, especially like neighborhoods that are getting gentrified and Yeah. And just like markets where there aren't a lot of housing options. So I feel like those are all things to consider if you want to get an Airbnb and do it ethically. I don't think it's like, you know, yeah, I don't think having an Airbnb is a bad thing, but I do think that like those are things to consider. And definitely with like the greed, which again, plays into social media because there's so much content now about like, I opened 20 doors this year and like, all (laughs) (laughs) it's like sickening. I'm like, Oh my God. Like just, and you know, they just make it seem like if I could do it, you could do it too. And let me buy a course. I'll teach you how to do it. And it's just like, it's, I just can't, it's gross. Are your dollars saving the planet? Well, they could be with Aspiration. Aspiration is a climate-friendly alternative to big banks. Get an account and debit card that's built to help your wallet and the planet. Here's what I love. Moving $1,000 to an Aspiration Plus account has the same impact as driving 6,000 miles less. Plus, you can earn up to 71 times as much interest than at your old bank. Aspiration's been hard at work helping people align their money with their values, funding the planting of over 100 million trees on their way to funding the planting of 1 billion trees by 2023. Open an Aspiration account at aspiration.com slash foodheavendebit and move your money out of fossil fuels. It's no wonder why Forbes, NerdWallet, and The Penny Hoarder recommend Aspiration for the eco-conscious. If you care about fighting climate change and want a simple way to do it, Aspiration is it. 
And best of all, there's no credit check, no overdraft fees. And with Aspiration, you just pay a monthly amount that you think is fair, even if that's zero, because money shouldn't stand in the way of you doing the right thing. Make your dollars make a difference. Open an Aspiration account at aspiration.com slash debit and move your money out of fossil fuels. Help save the planet with your Aspiration debit card. Open your account at aspiration.com slash debit today. That's aspiration.com slash food heaven debit. Terms and conditions may apply. Now let's get to the episode. So I am in like a text group for the Joshua Tree Airbnb. And there is a couple people who I've met, like maybe like five people in the group who I've met like while building. And the ones I've met in person are amazing. But the local government was trying to create regulations so that people can't have more than two Airbnbs, which I think is fair and probably should have happened a lot sooner. But people in the group were like, oh my gosh, like, how can they do this to us? Like, this is crazy. We have to advocate against it. And I'm just like, what? This is great because you guys should not be having more than two Airbnbs. Like, not only is this not good for everybody to have a million Airbnbs in one community, but also it's like oversaturation for your Airbnb yeah. because like Wendy said, there are people who are traveling who do want a place to stay. And I get a lot of like black travelers who are like, oh my gosh, I love that you're a black woman and that you did this space to be more inclusive because that's not something that they're really seeing out there. But at the same time, it's like, when is enough enough? And all these people who are like building their second, third, fourth, it's just like, I don't know. Anyway, this is kind of a tangent, <laughs> yeah. but it kind of plays into the whole idea of like with social media, it just seems to exacerbate all of these capitalistic problems within our society. We actually have another podcast episode coming up. That's one of my favorites. It's by the guy who wrote the book, Get Rich or Lie Trying. And it's about kind of like the scam fluencer economy and why that's problematic. So we don't have to continue talking about that because that's coming up in the next couple episodes. But just in terms of social media as a creator, because I think we kind of got thrown into <laughs> into like this whole like social media thing, because when we first started, we were on YouTube. We were actually in person. We were just oh, like... Yeah working at the farmer's market. We were working at the farmer's market. <laughs> and then like a couple of years later, fast forward, and it's like, you know, we're all over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Not like we're everywhere on the internet, like where we blew up, but more she means like we're on YouTube. We're on. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're on all yeah. these different platforms. And I don't even think it was like intentional. It was, it was just kind of like, I don't know. It just kind of happened. We didn't yeah. think it through. And and now in retrospect, 11 years later, it's like, right. oh my God. Like what has happened? I feel like we're just in the gutter right now. It's just yeah. like, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, yeah. And it's funny, because, not funny, but like the thing that's interesting kind of like what you're saying about these creators who do rise to the top. You know, a few people have asked like, well, how come you guys like didn't blow up like certain people? Like, for example, like the Tone It Up girls, they do a fitness account or whatever. And they're on Instagram. And I think they started maybe around the same time as us. And they're like huge. And 
they have millions of followers and a whole like multi-million tens of, if not, I don't even know, dollar business. And my answer is always like, because I feel like we're not, I don't want to say that we're not selling out. That's not what I'm, what I mean, but meaning like we're not willing to sell a hope and a dream. I guess that's a better way of saying it. Cause it's like, could we go out there and say, you know, Hey, learn from us for business. Like we've made X amount of money in X amount of years. Like, cause we've worked with a lot of brands. Like we are kind of counting like over 125, like brands over the last however many years. So we, we do, you know, know a lot about that space, but it's like, we're not going to sell a hope and a dream. Like, Oh, if you just do these things, this is how you're going to make it. Or even within the wellness community, we're not going to promote weight loss. We're not going to promote diets. Like we're not going to promote any of these like quick fixes. And those things aren't really like that commercial or marketable. And I do also want to acknowledge that we do still obviously have some privilege just in general, you know, being in thinner bodies, being lighter skinned black women. Like, I think that definitely played a role to where we were able to be successful at all. But I think like taking it to that next step where it's like, oh, you just like blew up and you're making all this money. I, I think you, I don't know, like it's challenging when you have certain values that you're not willing to compromise. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it also hurts the amount of money that you're able to make because mm-hmm. I can't tell you, like most things we have to decline when it comes to like offers that we're getting for partnerships because they just don't align. It's like completely missing the mark and yeah. it plays into like all the problematic things that we're talking about on social media. And so you might be thinking like, so y'all are going to get off of social media because it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like uh, it's not really working out for you. But here's the tricky thing. Our business evolves around social media. And because we weren't very intentional in the beginning about like creating a business or what kind of business you wanted to have. It just kind of all unfolded very organically. We got caught up in the sauce. And now it's like the the income that we make for the most part is closely connected to our presence on social media. Hence why we're burned out. One of the reasons why we're burned out. And so it's a little tricky and we don't know what we're going to do about it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. I mean, like one idea I have, which I would love, I just don't know, is just some kind of subscription service. I don't even know what we would offer, but some kind of subscription would be nice. Or some people do like the Substacks or the Patreons, things like that. I don't know. I don't know either. If it's you have tough. any ideas, please yes. let us know because we've let been brainstorming. We're like, mm, how can we transition out of all of this, especially as we're getting older? It's tough. And like we've tried like setting so many boundaries and getting support, getting help so that we we don't have to go in as much and we have other people helping us out. But it's still a lot. I mean, you know, we still do have to go in and like create content and, and all of that. And so, yeah, we're we got to figure something out. We're working yeah. on that. So please, if you if you have anything that's been working for you. Yes. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. The other thing is with social media today, 
it's just completely different. Not even in the sense that like, it feels like everyone's trying to be an influencer and everyone's an expert, but more just like the algorithm. Like we can't talk about social media without talking about the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. It is for so many people who are on social media. I know a lot of dietitians. That's who I talk to most. Like everyone is just like, what the F is going on with this algorithm? It's just not good for your mental health. Cause it's like whenever it seems like whenever you create something that you really love and you're super proud of, it's like womp, womp, womp. And then when you're doing something that is just like quick and you didn't put that much thought into it, like that does well. And that doesn't make me feel good because I want to do stuff that I feel proud of or, you know, not just like on Instagram, like doing all the trends and just, you know, just stuff that I feel like isn't really adding any value to anything. It's tricky. And so it's kind of keeps you like spinning. One person said that they feel this was one of our like old managers was saying she feels like maybe they intentionally like make one post do really well and then make another post not do well so that you kind of have to keep posting and keep mm. staying on there and keep kind of like almost like playing the lotto. I don't play the lotto. Like you're usually not going to win, but you keep trying to play it so that maybe that one in a million chance, like you do well. Actually, a better analogy is like slots because <laughs> I feel like slots, you you actually can win something, but it just kind of keeps you in the game. And I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that affects creativity, which we spoke a lot about with Kevin in our episode, Fit Men Cook. A lot of people know him by, by Fit Men Cook, not Kevin, but we spoke a lot about this with him because as much as we enjoy creating content that is valuable, that is educational, you get burned out with that too. Cause it's like, Things aren't actually reaching people like no mm -hmm. one is seeing exactly. anything because of how they set it all up. And, you know, and it's I think it's very like hit or miss and also like just kind of luck in a way, because some yeah. accounts are like, oh, my God, the best content like quality is insane and they get no engagement. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, I feel like our engagement is pretty good. I, I think it's like moderate I would say you know but then you have accounts and I'm like what in the world like the content that they're putting out but their engagement is absolutely insane it's like it just doesn't make sense it doesn't add up at yeah. all it doesn't add up I, it's not equitable it doesn't seem the other thing and this is what Emma Chamberlain was saying in her podcast it's like everything has been done to death especially since Instagram in particular isn't promoting creativity anymore because it's like there is a formula if you have not noticed or you're not online like first it was photos and now it's video and now it's like a very specific type of video and it's like kind of more in your face like laid back but not too laid back you know and so it's just like what else is there to say yeah how many more lattes can we make I know how many more smoothies can right. we make? <laughs> I mean, child, the butterboards just came out, and I'm oh, just like the butterboards. I'm like, child. At first, I was feeling it, but then, right. you know, Instagram 
did its it thing like death. like it always does and now it's like i'm sick of the butterboards so you know yeah it's just a lot and i feel like these past three episodes have been a little doomsday because that is how we've been feeling however we do want to provide a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and so for next week's episode we're going to talk about some strategies that have been working for us so far. And these are not like, you know, cure alls. It's like it's barely keeping us above water is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we definitely (laughs) don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. As Kanye would say, we don't have the answers, but we will talk about some things that have been making this a little more tolerable, I think is like the most accurate way to put it. So yes. you have to make sure you tune into that. Yes. It's been a roller coaster for sure. And there have been some amazing highs and most recently some lows. But overall, we feel like it has been a good experience. And we're trying to just figure out how to continue to make this work meaningful for us and helpful for others in a way that's like not tied to all of this capitalist nonsense so dm us if you have ideas and we'll catch you on the next episode where as muddy said we're going to be talking about what has been working for us so far with finally feeling hope with burnout Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday, and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.